Dream chasers. I'ma chase my dream. Since the young and now we dream of getting rich. So what we have here is a failure to communicate with the young folk. Young boy living like an old geese. What's up, dreamers? Welcome to the Young and Dreaming Podcast, Episode Five. You got your host in the building, Gabe and Dollar. What's up? And uh, we got a very special guest in this house with us today, in studio, out of studio, I guess, whatever we at. Um, we got your girl, Micah Kimberly, in the building. Hello. So what's up? Thanks for coming on. Uh, we appreciate you coming on. Thank you for having me. I told you I was nervous. Why are you nervous? So I'm just, it's just too much. It's a super light. I'm chill. in the other, I'm in the hot seat. I usually get to, you know. Right. Okay, introduce yourself to our listeners. Right. Tell them who you are. What a I do. A little bit about yourself. Okay. Yeah, yeah, just a quick one. <clears throat> I'm Micah Kimberly. Um, I'm Micah Davis, but I go by Micah Kimberly Davis. Um, so I am a host. I am a radio on-air personality i write for various publications i'm probably in your city interviewing your favorite rapper i just really do everything um and i'm still meeting deadlines even after college but i'm mostly um, aiming to be on television interviewing your favorite stars and celebrities and telling people's stories so I hear that she does this for a living, and she says she's nervous. <laughs> <laughs> right? I don't even think that's it. Because like, I'm in the hot seat element. now. So. It's no hot seat. It's no hot seat. Okay, it's not a hot seat. Okay, it's a chilling. Where can right. they? Where can the listeners reach you on like social, social media? media? Platform? Okay, yeah, you can follow me on Micah Kimberly, M I C A H K I M B E R L E Y, um, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. If you want to follow me there as well. Cool, cool. Um, but yeah, Micah Kimberly. Dope, sure. dope. So we're going to jump right into it. So here on the Young and Dreaming Podcast, of course, we like to give our listeners um, people that they can see in their everyday life touch and allow you all to tell them your your story, your journey of how you got here, what the dream is for you and things like that. So quick. Okay. So we see, you know, you host a, a Facebook live show, yes. Millennial Meal yes. on the Word Network. Tell us a little bit about that. So the Millennial Mill is a Facebook live show, as you said, on the Word Network. It was a Friday television show, well, Facebook live show meant for millennials, meant mm. to reach millennials. Um, we came up with the idea and we're like, we're going to do it at 12 noon on Fridays. And we're like, it's during your lunch break. So anyone can watch it while they're at work. So I was like, let's do Millennial Mill. But it's like a lunch break, but it's also a meal. We want you to get something out of it. We talk about lifestyle topics. We talk about trending topics. We talk about relationships. Basically, everything in the millennial format. No, you the millennial mean like, perspective. By a meal, you mean like a meal, like with content? Because <clears throat> I like saw getting you came a meal and like eating. That. Okay. Okay. Well, so yeah. It's not a cooking show. Hey, a meal child. isn't eating. Eating. Okay. We you want you to pull up to the meal, table. So I'm to, yeah, I did to come in with a meal. So um, did you make we a had meal a fitness. The, the, we had fitness okay. gurus on, and they wanted to teach us how to meal prep uh, breakfast. Okay. So it's like millennial meal, as in they're getting substance, like content? substance. So a meal you're eating. You know, you go to church to eat and get fed. So we want you to get fed on this millennial meal. So that's how we came with the concept. But it's still at lunchtime, so it's literally a lunch break. So I, it was gonna be like the millennial lunch break, but I was like, it needs some alliteration. You know, I went to school for journalism, so I was like, millennial meal. Cool, cool, cool. I like that. That's sweet. It's a nice idea. So that's like a milestone, I guess you can call it for up and coming like media personality to have a talk show essentially. Mm -hmm. um, how'd you get here? What does that look like? You know, 
graduation and college. Let's start there. College to now. Or college to did now. Did you know like you were going to be doing this like the in whole time? In college? Yeah. No. Um, I went in college. Um, I just put advertising on my application because I was like, I heard it looks good to have a major on your application and right, not go right. in undecided. So you, knowing you want to do this when you get out, I heard that looks good. So I was like, cool. I'm going to do that. But then as soon as I got to orientation, I was like, eh, not so much. I'm I'm just going to be undecided. Um, and then I was like, I really like talking to people. I like connecting with people. I feel like I have a gift to literally form a conversation with anyone that I come in connection with. Um, even if I'm like in the Taco Bell line, I feel like I'll know your life story by the end of the line. So I was just like, I like talking to people. I like telling people stories. But I realized I didn't like reporting news like who died or things like that so did you have a bad experience with that like you just tried it one day i just don't like negative news i know you should stay informed but i just don't like reporting negative traditional news yeah so i wanted to go into entertainment um my father was in it in the business as well so i was like let me try it i changed my major to communications then my advisor was like i think journalism will be a good fit fit for you basically and so i switched my major to that and i got some writing experience i got some radio experience in class um i had an internship at wls6 and that's sort of where i realized that i didn't want to be an anchor i didn't want to be in a small town anchoring about the fire that took place at 112 China Berry Lane like I didn't want to do that so was that your sophomore year your junior year that was my junior year okay so you were already pretty pretty well along in your journey yeah so the thing was that I I really didn't pick up what I wanted to do until I didn't know what I wanted to do until later I dabbled in some organizations Mm -hmm. I worked for um, an on-campus magazine called Vim magazine and that taught me how to like I learned some good things because I saw other people getting internships and things like that at like Christian Louboutin and Mm -hmm. different big companies but they were also a certain color and they have the they know people who know this person and know that person and sure. I didn't really have that I didn't have the means to, you know, know that person and that person. So I was just really determined because I you know, my parents didn't go to college. My sister, she's in the and she went to college but she isn't really in her industry. She's going back to school to get into the industry of what she wants to do. Okay. But um she really couldn't tell me like this is what you need to do. So I sort of had to like figure everything out and say, Okay, I need to get an internship. So I got the internship, but then I still got out of school and I was like yeah. I, <laughs> I was still like that one internship got me out the got me out of school. It helped me graduate, but once I got, you know, out I think that's important, though, because, like, a lot of people think that, that your internship is supposed to be, like, the propelling point for your career. But sometimes, like, within your case, you're like, this is not what I want to do. Right. right? Which, right. Is, which is which is, which good is helpful. either way. It's it very helpful. helpful. Yeah. And now you're here, right? It's yeah. Like, you love it or you don't. Right. Right. So yeah. it helped me. It's still on my resume. It right. helped me in that way. And it helps me figure out, okay, this is not what I want to do. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. So I was happy for that. That's great. Um, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> I mean, because it is always good to find out what you don't want to do so you don't yeah, get stuck. Yeah, so. But the experience was good, Um, and then I graduated, and um, my parents were like, oh, you should move to Texas. My sister was like, you should move here with me. I stayed with my sister for a little while. Um, I could not find a job in Texas. Texas is a very big market. Um, Mm -hmm. I could not find a job in my field. Um, I was just so thirsty for experience, so I always tell people that I had to play catch-up. Like I was so determined to not get 
stuck into like a nine to five or a job that had nothing to do with my field and get comfortable with the money that I was like, I need to get a job in my field. Like, you want to talk about like that process? Like, what did you do after you got out of your nine to five? If, or did you have a job at the time? And then you um, so I didn't have a job for three months at all. So I was just, just in like, Texas. Mode, like, yeah, I was just okay. trying to keep my head straight. Um, like. People don't really talk about that part. I but this feel. this is what young, young and dreaming is right here. Yeah, like, this, this is, is it. People like, don't talk about this. Like <clears throat> people don't know like how it's like once you graduate. Sometimes it's hard to just like get out of bed because you like, dang, I don't have nothing to do. You see everybody doing this and doing that. Mm-hmm. But I was I love to work out, so I was like, I'm about to you know I'm about to set a schedule for myself. We always talk about on the millennial mill that we have this set time schedule while we're in school mm-hmm. and then once you get out of school you have all this time mm-hmm. and you don't know how to do it because you had this set structure for how many years 12 yeah. years yeah. <laughs> you had a for set sure. school yeah. structure or more than that because if you go to college, college yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so yes. you have this set structure and then you get out of school and you have all this free time and so you have to really establish you have to make it for yourself if mm-hmm. you have to make that schedule for yourself so i started working out um i told you guys i love listening to td jake's podcast every morning um, so I would get up, I would make my breakfast, listen to a podcast to sort of get my head straight. Yes, girl. Um, go ahead. And I would, like, go to the gym, just try and keep my head straight. And so I was still applying for jobs. I, I'm so thankful that I didn't get some of the jobs that I was applying for last year because I wouldn't be where I am right now. Um, so I was applying for financial advisor positions where mm. it was, like, 10 steps to even get the job. Like, right. a 10-step <laughs> process. Um and so, totally out of your, out of totally your out of my field. <laughs> right. I just wanted some money. I just wanted to have a job, have some structure. I got a quick question to that. Then, mm-hmm. how did you combat, like, just feeling like you need money? You need to take a serious step. I think I don't know. A lot of times, even for myself, when I was figuring out what my dream was and stuff, mm-hmm. um, I was like, I just need the nine to five to sustain it. I felt that pressure. Mm-hmm. Like, if I didn't have a job or something like that, how'd you combat that and keep chasing your dream? So, what I did was, um, eventually I got the job at Chase. I got mm-hmm. a job at Chase. Um, it was a pretty good pay. I didn't have to pay rent or anything. So, it was all, everything was going in my pocket. So, I'm like, I'm just going to save. Um, and so, what I did to balance it out, what made me feel better was still applying for those internships and applying for jobs in my field, even if they were unpaid. Um I got a really good internship at an entertainment company called The Celebrity. And I loved them forever because they gave me like my first chance to write mm-hmm. to over, they had a following of over 200,000 people. Mm-hmm. So my posts would get an average of like over a thousand likes or so um, of just writing blog posts of breaking news and things like that. Um, I would be in a dentist chair writing stories because I wouldn't want to tell them no. Like mm-hmm. I was, I just wanted them to know that I was dedicated, I was passionate. And I was available to them, even though I wasn't getting no money for it. So I was, I did that for a while before I got Chase. And then I kept that while I was at Chase. I would be at my desk writing a story while my boss is walking around. Or I would um, come straight home after work at 5 p.m. or 6 p.m. after doing overtime and, like, get straight on my computer and go to where I needed to go to write these stories. Um, And that ended up looking really good on my resume. And I feel like that helped me feel like, okay, you're still in this thing. Like, you're not just stuck in, you know, Mm -hmm. this 9 to 5 thing. Like, there's still a chance for you. Because I just felt like I had to play catch up. So I, like, you did. I feel like everyone does this thing where they, like, delete their, I don't know. I just didn't want people to know my moves. I didn't want people to know what I was doing. I didn't want people to ask where I was working. (laughs) Um, I just wanted people to know that I was just, like, silently doing my thing. Um, 
and I like deleted where I was living. Nobody, I love when people can't tell me what I'm doing, like mm-hmm. can't tell my moves. And so I was just working sl- silently. I waited a while before I even told people that I was in- interning for this like company. And then um, it seems like as soon as I got that internship, like people saw that on my resume because they were they knew the company and they would just say, okay, like we'll give you a chance too. So all it takes is one person to give you that chance, um, but you have to find that for yourself. I have a question. So, so within like, so I notice a lot like people, people always or people sometimes they feel like they have to like get off social media to like focus up, mm-hmm. right? Or just maybe they delete social media, like delete their accounts off Instagram or Snapchat or things like that. Mm-hmm. Did you feel like that helped you? Because I noticed you did say that. Or yeah, what, I, what I didn't it? want. I didn't post. I didn't do anything. Um, I don't know if I was just like upset, like or like I just. People get so wrapped up in that stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, it's easy. It's easy. It's it easy, but I, I do think it helps. I was even talking to, like, my best friend every day. Like, she would check on me every day. Um, and she would say, like, oh, what's going on? Like, we both have, like, that social media thing, like, where we're, like, we can't let it corrupt our minds. Like, yeah. we're doing what we got to do. Um, but I do think it helped. Um, I think not seeing what everyone else is doing and just focusing on what I was doing and what was going on in my life did help for a while. But then I... I had to realize I want to be in in the entertainment industry. That's my job. I can't take a break off of social media. I won't know what's going on. I won't be the first person to break Mm -hmm. that story. So I can't take a break off of social media. I deleted it one time, and I was like, oh, my God, I can't do this. I had to get it back because I just want to be the first person to post that picture. Yeah, Yeah. Um, So, um, like I said, I want to be in the entertainment industry. I want to know what's going on. Nine times out of ten, I know what's going on before the entertainment companies know what's going on. Um, but I had to delete that for a little while to like keep myself sane and learn how to be strong um, when looking at that stuff so I wouldn't let it... You, know, you have to be strong. You can't just delete it and say out of sight, out of mind. But you have to say, okay, why can't I do this? Like I have to have some self-control. Like look at this stuff and say, okay, don't compare your chapter two to their chapter five. Yeah, so. yeah I think that goes back to another podcast we had I said, don't compare what you're building to like somebody else's castle. So it's perfect, yeah, and then man. you don't know what it's perfect. You don't know their background. Like my dad tells me, like you don't know what they're doing. Nine times out of ten, people are posting and like not really living it. Exactly. Yeah. I can make you think anything. Yeah. I can make you think what I want you to think. What, what I'm what I'm posting. What so don't even believe it. <laughs> and that's that is the most important because like. You never know. You really, I could be living in a box, but you could be thinking I'm living large. I took large. a picture of someone house. Bow Wow Challenge. <laughs> Bow Wow Challenge. Bow Challenge. So, yeah. Jet, I, yeah, I think, I think that realization, knowing, like, how to control myself and not think, okay, don't compare yourself to them. I think that helps. But sometimes a social media break is good, but not for me. It's my industry. I can't do yeah. that. You just got to – I think you still handle it well. I follow you on social media. You're not, like – Overly obsessed with it. Right. I was going through a couple of posts. I'm like, okay, she yeah. well put you, together. You know, clean everything yeah. clean. You what do you mean? Like, like, like some people, nice. even in the industry, mm-hmm. they are overly obsessed with like their image on social media. They're, mm-hmm. you know, like freak, like content frequency is important. Like posting constantly mm-hmm. and engaging with your audience, stuff like that. But you do that well and Balance. you're not like, you know, I got to be here at all times. To, yeah. To you know, you find and I balance. think that's bad because I feel like those are the people who do it for show. Like, uh-huh. Um, my dad had to tell me for a while, like, I was working at the radio station for a while, um, on a good station, on a hip-hop and R&B station, mm. and no one knew, and he was, my dad just would encourage me to post, and I was like, no. <laughs> I, he had to encourage me, and so the first time I posted, and people went wild, like, 
he is like, I'm proud of you for like actually showing people what you're doing. Like you should be, you should be proud of what you're doing. But. It's twofold. I had to learn that too with uh, social media. Like sometimes you don't want to post because it is like I don't care that people mm-hmm. know. But I'm working we have to for research myself. Our, yeah, like research our minds to know that. It's not about, we're not doing it so we get notoriety. Like, mm-hmm. some people are like, oh, dang, she on the radio. And that's what some it's people so do, though. Career, though. Yeah, yeah, that's what some people do. They want to they wanna just show that they're doing this. Even, yeah, even some people, like, they just want to take some pictures and show that they're on this show, that show, mm-hmm. doing this and that. But Okay, cool. So after you got back on social media, like, what did you learn from being off it and how did you move forward? Um, I learned how to have self-control and not compare my journey to other people's journey. Um, I learned to sort of be happy with where I was at. Um, and I sort of figured out myself that that's not where I was going to stay. I knew I wasn't going to stay there. So I learned how to just control myself and say, I'll be where you at one day. Just give me some time. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love that too. Like just seeing people, I wish people would on social media, would just show the full journey. And that's something that's big for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I want you to see my terrible content, my mm-hmm. okay content, and then I want you to see me build. Because I think it's more inspiring that way, which is, like, the whole premise behind why we started this. Because, like, you can look at, like, Ryan Coogler and be like, oh, he's dope. He mm-hmm. produced the Black Panther. Mm-hmm. But you don't know. Ryan Coogler probably had a shitty short film right. 10 years ago. But some people are, don't think about it like that. Like, you know, they think celebrities aren't normal people. You know And what? they have a normal journey. So I like that, you know, you got to... Yeah. In some way. You, you know, know what? That's why like people like Cardi B because she's yeah, transparent and you saw her from the beginning and now you see yeah. her She'd be like, I was at the peak of her I career. <laughs> exactly. Like, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> exactly. So I think it's important to share those that journey with people. And at my show today, we had tapings for the Millennial Mill and we were talking about branding and it, the importance of transparency mm-hmm. um, in your brand and not just... You know, just a logo and a business card, but showing people what you do and what you're going through. That's one of the things I'm still struggling with, though. I still don't want people to know too much mm-hmm. I mean, about me. But this, yeah. is like a, this is like a personal aspect to it. Like, it's like having a business phone and a personal phone. Like, right, personal phone, right. You don't want people to know your personal life all the time. I think that's the evolution of media like today with with the, the importance of social media now in serious marketing right. and like, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You see more celebrities like Will Smith. Has a is a vlogger. Mm-hmm. He has a YouTube. Kevin Hart has always preached like using social media for transparency with his audience. Um, you just see it, it. It blew up where people want to feel like they're you know, a party. Mike is life. my friend. Right. Like, it's it's kind of weird to say it like that, but people want to feel like I like Mike as a like you know as a media person, celebrity, whatever. And now I can see her get coffee or just chill with her friends because mm-hmm. sometimes people don't think. Like, people don't think celebrities do that. People don't right. think they're chilling on the couch yeah. with their family and laugh. Right. So it has opened up that door. So I think it's important, in it? it? Yeah, because even people, on, um, people I don't know, like, I'll go on live or something, and people will comment saying, like, oh, my God, I love her. And it's like, me? You know, like, you don't even know me. But <laughs> <laughs> that was, like, seeing that for the first time. I'm like, wait, do I know that person? I didn't even know her. And it was just, like, it was a great feeling to see that, you know, I'm transferring my brand and who I am on camera and through the radio and things like that because I guess people are loving what I'm giving and that's just me. So Okay, good segue then. I have a question. So I saw that you um, you worked at the BET Awards. You did yeah. some work there. Can you tell us about that? I, that's like super dope. Yeah. So what was that like? like? It was amazing. It was amazing. So um, I got that through the celebrity. That's who I interned with. Okay. So that opened up many doors for me as well because um, 
I wanted to get the most out of it. Like I said, people knew who the celebrity was. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I want to start attending events. Um, and people who had been working for the celebrity for like a long time, like they were like, how are you going to all this stuff? And they were asking like my boss, like, how is she doing all this stuff? And I was like, they were like, she's just, she's doing it herself. I'm not doing anything. Like I was just like DM people. Like I was just being aggressive. Like, Hey, can I come to your event? Like I made the best out of being in Texas and hating it. I was just like, I'm going to go to every, I'm going to go to the Boosie concert. I'm going to go to, um, what I went to. A uh, little Duval show. I went to a K Michelle show. I went to a Tank show. Like, and I was just covering it, writing about it. Um, I would find a photographer in the Dallas area and get them to go with me. I was like, it's not paid. I don't even get paid. Um, but you can come with me. It would be good for your <laughs> right, resume. Right. Um, and so I think that's also a good thing. Um, knowing the importance of doing things for free before you can get to where you need the to be. Money. Yeah. Um. But I got that opportunity through the BET Awards. Um, I went to the Hip Hop Awards, and um, they let me know that we were approved like a week before. Um, so I bought my flight. Uh, they couldn't pay. They couldn't contribute much to me at all. Mm -hmm. um, so I. Uh, but it's like a dream come true, still though. It was, but so many things happened, and I was like, I'm still going. Like <laughs> um, the day of. Or, like, a couple of days before, they were, like, they kept telling me, oh, we're going to give you money to go. We're going to give you money to go. They were, like, okay, we can only give you $40. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm, like, okay. I'm, like, you keep that up, <laughs> So, my dad wanted me to go so bad. My dad is a big supporter, one of my biggest fans. He's, like, I'll pay for your hotel. Um, my flight was only $40. I'm, like, I'm going for sure. $40 round trip. I'm like, this is a sad. Spirit? Oh, Spirit Flight? No, Frontier. Oh, Spirit. Okay. It was Frontier. It wasn't Spirit. It wasn't Spirit. Um, so I was like, I got some girlfriends to go with me. Um, and so I went. And then a couple days before, a couple days before also, they were like, yeah, we can't find a photographer either. So I was like, why am I going if I don't have anyone to document it? Yeah. yeah. So, um, so how'd you make that happen? So they weren't paying for my trip, so I said I'm not covering for you. Oh. Wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> so so I um another company that I was working for, I was like, hey, I got press credentials. Do you want me to cover this event for you? They found me a photographer in the Miami area. He was amazing. Um, he's really really amazing. Shout about what's his Instagram? YB Visuals. Um, hey. He met me there. First time meeting him. He's like, okay, let's do the stand up. Uh, pressure was on. Um, that also the day my flight left the day my flight left i get an email saying mind you they had mc have found the photographer for me everything i get a uh uh my credentials saying that i was booked the people at celebrity applied me as a photographer i don't own a camera you only get one press credential it's so many people on the carpet. Right, They're not right, right. letting another person come with you. So I literally had exchanges with BET begging them to like let my photographer attend. So I'm about to leave for my flight in a couple hours, and I'm about to go to the BET Awards by myself Ooh, with no so camera. Was close. I was literally right. leaving that day. I'm like, right. oh, my God, everything is not going in my right. favor. I'm like, I'm still going. So like I um, I like beg him. I still talk to the guy. He he was really nice, like, when he um, met me, um, and he was just like, okay, like, just have him apply. Like, I had sent my guy in, like, I had to apply for him, um, for the photographer, and it ended up working out, thank God, and then I met him there, 
Um, and then I'm a person who I'm going to look around. Like, I'll be, like, shaking in my boots. But I'm not going to let you know I'm, like, shaking in my boots. I'm going to act like I'm the baddest. Like, I, I've been doing this for years. So I went got my credentials or whatever. And then I was waiting in line. Um, you get in there. It's hot. It's in Miami for the first time. I'm, like, drenched. Like, I'm sweating. Yeah. I have my microphone. My dad is in the industry, like I said. I have my microphone with me. Um that I had from home, and I just was like, all right, I'm ready. So I just was observing. Like, that's what I do. Like, I observe. I'm a newbie. Like, I'm just observing, seeing what other people who are doing who have been doing this for years, and I'm like, okay, so I need to do my stand-up. Um, I need to take some pictures. I need to get ready. Um, I had six-inch heels on that I couldn't feel my feet on. I took my sh my shoes off because I'm like, I'm about to pass out. I can't do this. <laughs> so I'm literally about to pass out, bro. Like, I felt dizzy. I hadn't eaten all day because I was preparing for everything. And when I, like, my nerves are bad, I was just, like, freaking out. But I'm, you're not going to know that I'm freaking out. So we get in there, and I'm just observing it all. And then I'm, like, do my stand-up. Okay. I Everyone that passes by, mm -hmm. all the stars. So the big, big publications are in the front. Right. And then I wasn't too far behind, but I was, like, in the middle. Um you have to get their attention. Right. It's aggressive. You have to be like, Yachty, like, plies. Like, you have to get their attention. Like, Is that you, who you interviewed? You got those interviews? or I got plies. I got Jim Jones. I got T. Grizzly. Um, Shout out for the city. Yeah. Um, I got T. Um, Yachty. They're, the stars are like, they don't want to talk. They don't uh -huh. want to talk. Like, they've already gone. Before they get to you, they've already talked to five other people. Right, right. They don't want to answer the same questions when they get down to right. you. Um, so, Yadi was right there. And as soon as he finished his interview, he was like, I'm, he told his manager, his PR, he was like, I'm done. I was like, dang. <laughs> I was so sad he was right there. Um, but I oh, did so not get Yadi. before you. Literally, the publication, Hip Hop, I think it was Hip Hop Daily or something, Hip Hop something, right next to me. They were like, they got the interview, and then he was literally right after, he was like, I'm done. Like, he was over it. Oh, like, they just be over it. Um, Plies, I had to beg him um, because he was over it. Um, Dang, if I was like, I can understand it probably gets old, but thinking yeah. about it now, I'd be like, I would do all the interviews. Right. <laughs> yeah, but, but you I'm have to be aggressive. Yeah. Um, I did the the Men's Not Hot guy, you know mm -hmm. him. I got so, a lot so of like, good dope okay? interviews. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, okay. I got, got a, sauce. Oh, I got uh, an interview <laughs> with uh, the producer of uh, uh, Bodak Yellow. Okay. okay and so that cool. was really dope because that was a really dope night for him. Cardi was nominated for... All these awards to perform. So it was um, a good night for you. Like it was a very good oh, night for me. Yeah, yeah, it was lit. my first time on the carpet, and I was telling people that, and I even told my photographer that after that, the videographer, he's like, "That was your first time." I was like, "Yes," but I like, like I said, I'm not gonna let you see me sweat, even though I was literally That's drenching you in gotta, sweat. You got to rise up for the occasion. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So you get your opportunity, you got to take it. When like, you were there, right. were you like soaking everything in? I know you said you were nervous, low key, like on the lows, but like. I was talking like five minutes to be like, damn, like this like, is what I'm I really here. want. I'm here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I was like, I'm, I'm really I'm here. Dramatic. <laughs> I'm dramatic. I'd be like, okay, who? This is my moment, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and thinking about this like everything right. it took, thinking about yeah. everything it took, like the flight to get there, like yeah. my people saying like, oh, you not like we can't, we don't even have a photographer for you there. Like I was like, dang, like. This is crazy. I'm really here. You still made it happen, though. That's yeah. Great. I love that. Yeah. So, and then I got tickets to the show. So, I went to the show after. 
So. Oh, you got the chance to actually sit in and everything. Mm-hmm. Okay. The show was not what I like. I I always thought that like BT would be glitz and glam and and these award shows would be glitz and glam and it wasn't what I expected, but. I was there, so I was just happy that I, I was I always there. wondered that, like, behind the scenes. Yeah. It's not the I've, same. It's not. I know TV does wonders just mm-hmm. for a lot of, like, production-wise. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why I have a lot of respect for people who do the production side of all these shows and events because I've been to a lot of concerts and a lot of things like that. And watching it on any type of video or TV, it always looks grand. But that's a lot of time. Camera angles make right. Beyonce look better. Lights, I mean, Beyonce glitter, does a lot too, but... I'm saying like camera they stopped a bunch of times. Yeah, yeah. You don't yep, even see yep, all that. that. Yeah, the they seat stopped. Fillers, the seat fillers moving and yeah. stuff. Yeah, was there. Um, mm-hmm. Baby Aside was there. But it was a very good experience. Um, and it was what I needed at that time, especially with everything that was going on with me. I didn't have a job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't have any job. I went there unemployed. Um, yeah. Would you say that's like the highlight of your journey so far in, in media? Was that like just just the whole adversity pushing through it? Like, mm-hmm. I I would say like? so, especially since I that was less than a year. Like I had graduated less than a year before that, and I was like already at the BET Awards. So that, was, that was like my ultimate goal to be at these BET Awards and award shows, interviewing my favorite celebrities, and here I was on the green carpet with them, doing it, so and in the show with them. So when you got back, like that gave you enough gas to really go. Mm-hmm. You was like, okay, I can do this for real, for real. Mm-hmm. And um, shortly after I got back, I got hired at Power 96.5, okay. the hip-hop and yeah. R&B station. Um, so that really gave me the kick I needed because I was just not in a really good place. So That's like dope. I said, I didn't have a job. So that was that gave me the drive um, that I needed. I started posting a little bit more on social media and showing people like being proud of what I was doing. Um, and yeah, they gave me the drive, and I started the radio station shortly after. That's dope. That's dope. Yeah. All right. Cool. Cool. Let's transition again one more time uh, to our our audience sent in some questions. Some of our listeners, and they just wanted us to weigh in on it, get okay. your opinion. So um, the first question that we got from one of our listeners is, um, do you think there's a size requirement on a dream? Is there? Can a dream be too big or too small, in your opinion? There is no size requirement on a dream. Um, a dream is a dream. Uh, that's, I mean, that's why it's a dream. It's whatever you want it to be. You go to sleep at night and you dream about whatever, you know, whatever you want. So I feel like it's not too small. If that's what you want to do, it's what you want to do. If it's too big, you know, there's no ceilings. For sure. You create that for yourself. I think that's the whole purpose of a dream. Um, sometimes I think... I'm not going to say that. Nope, I'm not even going to say that. My dreams, I be wanting my dreams to be even bigger, though. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, I need to think a little bigger, especially with, like I said, the BET Awards accomplishing that. So, so mm-hmm, yeah. I was like, I need to think about getting my own media company and things like that. Like, you know, sort of. Just moving. Yeah, yeah, yeah because I, yeah, <laughs> and the things that I'm doing, um, I'm like, I'm sort of kickstarting into things I didn't think I would do until later on, and. Here I am, so I need to, you know, I need to get these a little bigger, <laughs> make these things a little bigger. So yeah, there is no size requirement. For it's sure. whatever you want it to be. What you think, Gabe? I mean, I agree. I think when I read that question, my thing was like, there's no size requirement. And I think sometimes people might have that either by their own fears and insecurities for if it's too big. Mm-hmm. Uh, like what people would think if they say like, you know, I want to be, I want to have my own media company and interview the stars. Or some people 
fear what other people think. Like, girl, you from Detroit. You ain't about to be interviewing nobody. Mm-hmm. So I think they diminish their dreams. And even on a smaller aspect, some people think they'll be judged for, like, if, you're, if your dream is just to work for, you know, have a nine-to-five, work for a company that's mm-hmm. existing, some people do fear, like, some people are going to be like, you know, that's too small. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of times the too small comes from people judging your potential or, like, if, if I ever say, like, your dream is too small, it's because I believe maybe you can do more or something. Mm-hmm. But still, for a personal dream, it's up to you. That's what you like, want to no do. What, yeah. If you want to wake up every day and do that, and that's what makes you happy and makes you feel mm-hmm. fulfilled and you feel like this is your life purpose, no one can tell you otherwise. And also, like, if you think the 9 to 5 is, like, the dream was too small for it, like, being a 9 to 5, that's also what, like, society, that's, that's going against the society norm. Like, you know, people say to get out of the 9 to 5, and if you want to stay in that 9 to 5, like, you don't have to do what society says. Like, yeah. stay in it. Climb that, com- climb the ladder in that company if that's what you want to do. That is some people's dreams, not mine. Not mine people's. either. She. No, not mine. <laughs> I gotta live. I gotta live. <laughs> um, and then okay, so we had another one um, that came. This is more like a personal question. Someone wants to know your opinion on this new J Cole album that dropped. <laughs> fire or not? What you think? I think it's fire. Even though I'm not a crazy, diehard J. Cole fan, mm-hmm. I was still like, I was listening to it. I'd be having to get my mind right before I listen to new music because I really like music. So mm-hmm. I'd be like, I gotta, you know, I gotta take some time listening to it. Listen to it when I'm ready. So when I was listening to it, I was still like, ooh, like, ooh, some of this stuff is lit. But I haven't listened to it since then, though. Oh, yeah. Okay. No, replay value is low. <clears throat> I mean, I'm not a huge J. Cole fan, oh, okay. so I'm like... Yeah, so you can't even, you can't even do that. But I'm an but entertainment like person. She did like it, though. I'm an entertainment person, so the only things I would go back and listen to is the diss that he made against the movie. <laughs> oh, so, and just detect that and see who he was really talking about. So, when you listen, yeah, like, what questions... If you Let's say J. Cole was here right now. Like, what would you ask him then? What would you give him? Hmm. He was here. What would I ask him? Yeah. Like, you had an interview right now with J. Cole right. on the spot. Like you, oh, what well, would I ask media. him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. media right now, boom. Oh, I would ask him what he thinks camera. about these new age rappers that are trying to change <laughs> hip hop culture. So you think they're changing for the worse, or yeah, you do. Now see, I J do. Cole addressed that. This is very important. Everybody needs to know this. J Cole addressed that in the song. He addressed he, okay. that. Okay. So, but like, I want so him like, to. I, think, I want <clears throat> him to tell me though, like, like his and not in rap form. Like, yeah, I want to talk about it with him. Yeah, yeah, no, the, no, that's All what I'm saying. That's great. I mean, I yeah. agree with like, that. I thought the album was underwhelming, but I agree with him on the, like the little pumps and Takashi's mm-hmm. and all that. The lulls, the yeah. quote unquote oh, yeah. lulls. But also, I wonder. Goodbye. Also, I want to talk about like what he thinks. Like who who is he talking about specifically? Who triggered him to even give these lulls? A whole song on his album. That's true. That's a lot of uh, attention to give somebody. Yeah, like, who made him go off like that? And is this going to change? You know how when Jay-Z did Death the Auto-Tune? Mm, is this going to change? Did he kill Auto-Tune? He, I mean, he made He low-key killed Auto-Tune. Did he? He it low was whole. Kanye did. uses it so much still. But Auto-Tune he, was going crazy. Like, think, it was like a head you ask T-Pain, If you ask T-Pain, T-Pain said he stopped doing Auto-Tune because everyone was biting yeah. Jay-Z, he said Jay Z didn't kill it. He just said everyone in the industry was Future, 
Migos, like all the, Migos, Migos use auto tune heavy. Yeah, well, I, don't, I don't think it's gonna be on that scale. Not on the scale that it was back then. It was well, like yeah. then it was just retarded. It was like yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was a bad word. That was a bad word. Oh yeah, don't say that. Don't say that. That was a bad word. But it was just crazy. Like yeah. it was just like sound like robots. It wasn't like music. Uh, in a sense, I mean, T Pain's was dope. He made straight bangers, but he still makes some bangers, some remixes. I will say, like as a collective, though, I feel like J Cole was able to. He was able to really. Who was directed to? I would say it was like, like the world. Like the world is is looking at these like eighteen, nineteen, you know, twenty year old rappers. Like, oh, like y'all, are, it's all hype. It's all about like you know doing drugs, all this crazy stuff. And then J Cole at the same time is saying like, okay, you can't fault them. Because they're young, mm-hmm. uh-huh. right? So the world shouldn't fault them for that. But at the same time, come here, young, and let me teach you something. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's important. That's what I really like about this mm-hmm. that one song right there. It was like, yo, like, okay, they're young. We were young too, y'all. Let's not be judgmental. This is just their version of it. Mm-hmm. But, like, let's also lead them through the path of, okay, this isn't going to be a sustainable, right, image to have, right? Because you don't want to just be that. You want to grow as an artist, you know, mm-hmm. and things like that. I feel like that is really important on the album or with that song right I think if he's willing to give them some wisdom and help them out then like kudos to him yeah that's what yeah but I don't like the way I don't like the direction that they're taking hip hop I'm not gonna lie well the youngest yeah, I feel the same. No, way, they they trash to me. They, I don't but, like but, it. I'm not old heads. Are we not old heads? Are we young heads? Are we? Are we young old heads? No, y'all can be. I'm not. But think about this. You're not. You're not 14 no more. Yeah, that's like you grown. Don't forget, you graduated. You got grown. What your what what the 23, 24 year olds were saying to us when we were 14, bumping all that, listening that trash. They was like all the soldier boys, the big white tees, with the everything. But this is different. Is it? Guys. Is it different? No, or is it different? It's, it's a new difference. You know, you it's know, our parents look different. At different. When, when That's not hip hop, though. It's to us. It's different. When different. we listen to not hip hop to a lot of all heads. People think Drake not hip hop. Some right. of them, Jada Kisses and all of them. They, they like, they like, what is that? You feel me? You know what I'm saying? They be like, this R and B. What's these singing what? niggas? Yeah, right. right. So right, right now. I'm afraid because if this becomes the norm, all this yeah. this colored shit, Xanax, colored oh, I'm done with music. I'm done. Xanax. I can't. I will be done with hip hop if that's the death of hip hop. I don't need that to become. Then what we gonna they, to? They literally be killing. I'm gonna be on my own. I'm gonna my own school shit. I'm gonna pull up. Hey. Y'all don't know about this. Y'all don't know about this. It's Migos. Leave it I'm not Houston, land of Vegas. <laughs> Yeah. Bro, that's, that's I was real. listening to that on the way here. Yeah, that's a good one, man. Yeah. That's like your life. That's, you know, we've been to all these places. Not the Vegas part. I'm like, I'm not a stripper. No, I'm talking, <laughs> what? Girl. <laughs> I wish I could see my face. I'm talking about the Houston, the Houston stuff. Not the stripper. Oh, okay, okay. I got you. Oh, yeah, I'm everywhere. Yeah, I got damn. you. I got you. I should make that my Instagram. That's just a her face. She's like, what? Right. Mm-hmm. Stripper? Yeah. Okay. Right. Something else we got for you. Last question. Something the audience. Who do you look up to in your industry? That's the last one for the audience. I really look up to Karen Civil. She okay. is little a, background on that. Who is that? You don't know who Karen Civil is? No, nope. girl. Media Maven. Media Maven. I'm not a media. Um, not only do I look up to her because um, she's a media maven and she produce like she has the entertainment side giving us entertainment news, the latest and greatest. Um, but she's also so she is she's so heavily involved in philanthropy um so she's used her platform to do more good um 
than bad uh, and not just talking about being the w- Wendy Williams of mm. the industry she's just like I like when people do it in a clean classy, clean, classy way, way. Uh, like... uh-huh. the re- mm. what made me realize I wanted to do um, entertainment news was Nicole Bitchy do you know who Nicole Kane is she has Exo Nicole a site called Exo Nicole no not top of my head no. so um, Nicole Kane she was a blogger um, she had a site called Nicole Bitchy and she reported all the different hip-hop news, gossip news, latest and greatest. And I was like, I like this. Mm -hmm. Um, It was very entertaining. Um, But then she inspired me even more when she stepped down and and said, this isn't fulfilling anymore. Like, I need something that's going to have purpose. Uh So um, that made me sort of um, expand what I wanted to do and not just be so involved in entertainment and what this celebrity is doing and what this celebrity is doing. But, you know, as I grow, use that platform to, you know, do do something good, which is what Karen Civil is doing. Okay. Uh, philanthropy, and um, she manages, like, she's always with YG, Nipsey Hussle. Mm. She's she's just amazing. Um, and okay. she's a media maven. And she's, she's classy with it, too. Oh. She's very classy. You don't hear any dirt about her. She's just a classy woman, and I love Karen Civil. So... And she has um, also a book called Live Civil and things like that. So uh, she's just a woman about her business and about her wisdom and about helping people out. So. Okay, cool, cool. All right, so one thing we do like to do with our dope Detroiters, uh, we like to do you know, 60 second rapid fire questions. Um, so we're gonna ask you a bunch of questions, uh-huh. and hopefully you can get through them. They're not hard. They just not like, hard. Right? You look stressed. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you couldn't hey. let them see you sweat. What's hey, going on? You got some double sip. Oh, <laughs> she, hey, she grabbed the wine, y'all. She... <laughs> These are that crazy. You never know. Though. I don't right. know what they got. So they they easy though. They easy. You gonna surprise both of us? All right. You never know. Are right, you ready? All right. All right. Here we go. Favorite movie? Painful. If you can be anything in the world right now, what would you be? A host. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if you can buy anything in the world right now, what would you buy? A house. Okay. Uh, 30 minutes in the room with somebody, who would it be? Karen Silva. Most relaxing place you've ever been to and why? Puerto Rico, because it was a beach and an island and I didn't have to deal with people. I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what store do you shop at the most? Zara. Uh, favorite food to dine in at? Her favorite place to dine in. <laughs> Where is it over? Or is no, it no, no, no. Oh, shoot. Um, with Chris. Uh, favorite summer activity? Boating. What makes you feel most alive? Food. Uh, <laughs> three most interesting things about you. Uh, I love bread. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. Uh, uh, I was in Hurricane Katrina and my parents are pastors. All right. What do you want to be reminded for? Five. Remember four? Yeah. Four. Uh, making a difference in the Three. world. Uh, what do you wish your brain was Two. better at doing? One. Thinking fast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. All right, we no. Oh, no. No. Right, recap, no. Recap, 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 recap. Did you say what makes you happy is the food? <laughs> she said food. And then you she said most interesting fact, brain. Clearly, food is like a big thing. On your mind, right? all the time. She's a food, all the fellow foodies. I love you food. Follow her on I Instagram. I love food. I love Yo, 60, food. You, that was easy. <laughs> right, that wasn't hard. That was so hard. You was grabbing your hat and right. stuff. <laughs> she was stressed, y'all. I, I was, was stressed. Okay. 
All right, I got through it though. All right, yeah, yeah. That's, that's your mantra. Like, right? Just get through it. Yeah. <laughs> we saw you sweat though. All right, you. No, but I love food. Like I love when people take me out to eat. So like, you know. Right. Final question. Final question uh, that we ask here on the Young and Dreaming podcast hey. uh, is, of course, what's the dream? What's the ultimate goal for you? What's the dream? And so the ultimate goal, like I said earlier, uh, was to is to own my own media company, um, and also through that, I want to help people out that are trying to get in my industry. Um, because a lot of people don't have guidance, um, and I want to do it through a way that doesn't involve them having to pay for a media course. Mm. I feel like once people gain all this knowledge and they get this platform and they get so big, um, they sort of say, okay, now you need to pay me for my resources and for my time and how I got here. Mm. Um, and so... I feel like sometimes it's harder because what hard because what if a college student doesn't have time to or money to but pay for yeah to pay for your media course or for your knowledge or you know what I'm saying on how to brand yourself so I want to do that without charging people um, I want to give people internships and things like that and tell them this is what I did and it's this is what you need to do I was talking to um, my line sister earlier who's trying to go in the industry as well and I have another friend who's trying to break into the industry and I'm not as I'm not far but I'm on the right path I feel but I try and be the, their guinea pig the one graduated a year after me and the one is graduating this year mm-hmm. so I'm like okay I'm one step ahead so I want to teach you to do what I didn't do or tell you what you need to do um, so that's ultimately my goal to help other people through my own company and um, to help people and give back in general. Yep, that's dope. That's dope. I like that the Issa Rae method of uh, networking across too. You know, you got to find somebody who's ten years in the game. You should, but you know, you can ask questions for people who's not too much farther than you are. Somebody right. got to have wisdom for And of course, <laughs> take care of my family and let the whole family eat. You know. Oh yeah, we all want to. We know you want to eat. We know you hungry. Leave me alone. Okay. Okay, well, just in closing, to wrap up, um, once again, shout your Instagram or your, your social media out so people can follow you. Yes. Hey. Um, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Micah Kimberly, M-I-C-A-H-K-I-M-B-E-R-L-E-Y, on Twitter, Instagram, and I think on my Facebook is Micah Davis, but you can catch me on there with the Millennial Mail. Uh, you can catch me on 9, 10 a.m. in Detroit on Tuesdays. At 5 a.m. where I give the entertainment segment, and you can catch me on Rolling Out, where I write your latest news stories. Dang, girl, you got right, you got Tim's everything. Out. <laughs> Tim's out, two phones. I don't know how like, I don't anymore, get time. But you could have caught me there. But, you got you know. Ten jobs, two phones. We ten jobs, two phones. Never not here. working. Okay. Anything, uh, Dollar, to wrap up? Yeah, to wrap up, uh, we just want to say thank you again for tuning in to the Dope Detroiters series, Young and Dreaming. You know, we try to make it happen. This is episode five, right? So we started at zero, just an idea, right? It's five more episodes than most people got, I guess. Opportunities come to those who create. Right? And, uh... You guys are on the journey with us, so thank you for tuning in. And thank uh, you for coming on. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed for it. Sure. And thank you guys for reposting, comments, and engaging. Thank you for asking questions. We were able to ask her those questions and keep on, you know. Make sure you watch the Millennial <coughs> Mail. Yes, yeah, for, for sure. sure. <laughs> now, last thing, last shout out. Um, 
You know, the Young and Dreaming team is official, one of the official sponsors on the Black Tiny Hills Affair. Be there. So make sure you all get y'all tickets ASAP. Be there. You know? And where is it at? Get y'all tickets at the Garden, June 1st. Hey. So get y'all tickets. If you classy, go VIP. You can get on the party bus with us, and we're going we're gonna to have a good time. Um, so, yeah, that's it. Young and Dreaming. It's a wrap.